Well, well, we've never really been orthodox, so I don't see any need to start now. Are there any needs in the house? Don't, don't listen. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and make a big public confession, so don't get nervous. But you know that something has been just troubling you, something that's it's been a recurring thing. Just, just listen. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want, I want to tell you something. This is not an accident. This is not an accident. The Spirit of God is powerful in this place right now. If you would just confess to Him as we pray. Listen, God already knows. But listen, belief in the heart with the mouth confession is made. Yes, Jesus Christ is Lord and you're placing this before Him acknowledging that He is the one that can change everything right now. Right now. Amen? Amen. Father God, You know exactly what it is. These folks, by the raising of their hands, Father, testify to Your power. Holy Spirit, thank You for moving on our hearts and on our lives. And in this moment, Father, we, we raised our hands acknowledging weaknesses, acknowledging these things that we haven't seen the full victory over. But Lord, we know We know that we are more than conquerors because You've loved us. So Lord, in this moment, we ask together as Your children, as a family, as one, we ask, Lord, that You heal each and every heart. Father, that You clean up every little thing. Father, that these stumbling blocks be removed. Not because we say so, but Lord, because You say so. And we put our faith and trust in You right now in Jesus' name. We have victory and we see victory over these stumbling blocks, over these issues now because of Your power, because of Your love, because of Your mercy and grace, Lord Jesus. And we thank You and we receive it now in Jesus' name. I believe, church, I believe, church, that it happened. Not because of me and not because of you, but because of our faith and trust in Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I am, I, I'm about to bust. Hallelujah. So, so we've been talking about Jesus building His church. We've been talking about several things and, and the spiritual muscles being built up and, and the foundation is Jesus and Jesus is the cornerstone and, and He's building His church, His body. Amen? That's where we've been. So I just want to remind you of a few things as we go forward. And to those who are listening to me at home and those who are listening at home who are members of this congregation, we miss you. We love you. Whenever the Lord moves upon you, we would love to see you again. And for those of you who are not part of this church, if you live in the Dade City area, come and join us. We are practicing social distancing as good as we can. And I want to tell you something else. For those of you who are regular listeners and who cannot attend, we love you as well. And the Lord knows who you are and we know you're listening. But more importantly, the Lord knows you're listening. Hallelujah. So when we... If the Lord allows, at the end of the service, we're going to receive communion as a body. I want to invite you to also join us. So if you want to get your elements ready, anything that you have, a piece of bread, a tortilla, anything that you have, anything, juice. If it's not grape juice, we're not bound to that. He turned water into wine. So if it's water, then you break out the water because it's, 
it, it, it is important what it symbolizes. So I just want to invite you ahead of time so that you're ready. Father, thank you. And we were in 1 Corinthians, and you don't need to turn there, just take notes, and you've been there anyway, and you probably already have some notes. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning verse 9, for you are God's fellow workers, you are, we, you are God's field, you are God's building, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and, other, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. I want to say this. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Holy Spirit, help me. Listen. I've heard too much in the church, too much in the church. I'm going to get mine. I want my blessing. I want, what, you want your what? Well, I want my blessing. I want those things that God promised me. God promised you, listen, life. Life. Life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Life. The life that's eternal. The life that's in Him. That life. If we continue to try and, and, and build up the things, and if we continue to think that what we, what, you know, uh, we're living a good life according to what we have, according to the good things that are happening to us. My brothers and sisters, yeah, we're gonna, uh, I'm going to get mine, and when you get yours, then you're going to have to be worried about keeping yours or getting more of yours. That's not what everlasting life is about. That's not what life abundantly is all about. And I know that some of you already know that, but we still have sometimes that battle that goes on in us. And it's robbing from us the spiritual abundance that Jesus is providing for us and has already provided for us. Amen? Okay, in 1 Corinthians also begin... Now, a couple of verses down, this is what he says in uh, verses 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You're a holy temple unto the Lord. The Spirit of God dwells in you. So, remember that... Uh, that diagram, I'll, I will get to that in a second, where I showed yeah, that little drawing of a bunch of people and together they look like a church building. But you're, you are the church. We are the church and together we comprise the greater church. Amen? The church at large. First Peter, remember, you also, living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices expect, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And this again, my favorite one. Ephesians chapter 2. Now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God. This is speaking to that church. If you look, should you show that diagram, that that, that Quickly, yes, this is speaking to the church. All of us are his temple, and together we make up the greater church, his body. A- amen. And I know you know that. But, my brothers and sisters, it's a very special day. As we read in Acts chapter 2, and most of what we say from now on will be out of Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. My brothers and sisters, Shavat, Pentecost. The Festival of Weeks. This is the second uh, festival, the pilgrimage festivals. There are three festivals or feasts that God required for the, especially certainly the males of the Jewish faith to, to make the trek back to wherever his presence was, uh, Jerusalem. 
and they had their, there were certain requirements. But the day of Pentecost was the Feast of Weeks. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some quick references. Just write them down and you can check it out later. In Exodus 23, in Exodus 34, in Leviticus 23, Leviticus uh, 16, uh, Numbers 28. All of these refer to some of these festivals and you can get more depth and detail as it relates to uh, some of what I'm going to say today. I will give you some, but just so that we all are, you know, have a, 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 a sort, you know, some kind of a, a, a jumping platform, a place of, that we're all... Uh, coming from the same point, if you will. In Deuteronomy 16, it says this, in verse 16, Three times a year, all your mouths shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which He chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, at the Feast of Tabernacles. There are the three pilgrimage feasts that God has required. The Feast of of Unleavened Bread is also tied with the Passover. Amen? Now, the Feast of Weeks... That as Pentecost, there were to count 49 weeks and then the day after the 49th day, 50. So now the Jews who were the Greek Jews, they named it Pentecost because that's a Greek word. So it's 50. It's the 50th, right? So, so my brothers and sisters, so again, so the Feast of Weeks is the Feast of Pentecost. It was all, it's also the Feast of the Early Harvest. What they would do, the first crop that would be um, um, harvested would be the wheat. That's the early harvest. And so they were required to do certain things as related to that as well. And then, again, we see the day of Pentecost here at Fully Come. Now, just quickly, the, the Feast of Tabernacles that also um, had something to do with, you know, they had to live in um, little houses made of branches and such, which kind of symbolized that while the... Um, Jews were, the Hebrews were taken out of Egypt. They lived in, you know, tents and, and handmade tabernacles and stuff like that. They had no permanent residence. And that was also, my brothers and sister, tied with the, uh, the late harvest as well. So God, um, really, there was something in, it was more than just, you know, thank me for the harvest. There was, there was some spiritual significance in all of it as we see. We get to look back on it. They were looking forward on it. In Exodus 34:22, Thou shalt observe the Feast of Weeks, of the first fruits of the wheat harvest. So that's where I got that as well. And you will as well as you study. Now, my brothers and sisters, the, the Pentecost, the 50th, is the Feast of Weeks, and, and all. but there's other significance to it. When the children of Israel um, were freed, you know, the first feast, right, the Passover, we understand that. That was that last plague, if you will, that last challenge to the gods of Egypt where the, the destroyer passed over and all of the Jews or anyone who was behind inside with the door posts and the lentil marked with the blood of the, that lamb that was without spot or without blemish, they didn't, their firstborn didn't die. Are you with me? And so that became part, and that was an, an annual thing. It was a certain time, obviously. And then Jesus, remember, he di- he, it was the Passover. It was the Passover when Jesus, our Paschal Lamb, He became our Paschal Lamb truly. Amen? My brothers and sisters, so they get out of Egypt, and then they, we know that they, they marched, they, 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 were, they were following God, and there were things that happened, bad things, good things, and then they ended up at Mount Sinai. This was 40-something, 46 days approximately after they um, got led out of Egypt, after God delivered them. So then there were a few days for cleansing, and then there was on the 50th day is when they received the law. That's when the, the, the nation of Israel 
was born. Because they received the statutes from the Lord their God. God had delivered them, marched them through, got them to Mount Sinai, and then Moses was able to deliver that. That was the 50th day. Significance. See, God is, we we have this pattern. So now, here we are, uh, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Look around you. I know we've got a lot of empty seats, but there's, there are some seats that are full. And there are some seats that are full with people different ages, obviously genders, races, colors. An awesome thing. So let's, let's keep that in mind. You know, the they. Who are the they when it says they were all in one accord? Who is they? Say it loud. The disciples. See, remember, Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem. You'll receive the promise of the Father not many days from now. And they were tarried in Jerusalem. They were waiting in Jerusalem. Jesus went. And then we know, because we're looking back, ten days later, the 50th day, the day of Pentecost had fully come. And they, the disciples, were gathered in one place, in that upper room. There were 120. And you've heard me say this before. We don't know how many were there to begin with. We just know that there were at least 120 that lasted 10 days and stayed and waited. They waited. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord, in one place. They, the disciples, they, happy birthday to the church. Happy birthday to the church. Amen? Happy birthday to the church. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read to you. Now listen, I know you guys love it when I'm reading, so... Stay awake. No, this is, this is so important. I hope you guys would just follow me, all right? And I'm going to try not to read. I try to read fast so I save time and then I get stumbled. So I'm going to try to take my time. And so nobody go to sleep. Remember, this is not Tony's word. This is the word of God. Amen? All right. So again, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Did you hear that? from every nation under heaven. And when his sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone had heard them speak in his own language. Everyone heard each of them speak in their own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are these not all who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining Syrian. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. See, now, again, I've said this to you before, and I hope... I'm a very visual guy. I like visual. That's why I dress up in those silly things and and have those props most of the time. But my, my... I try to picture this. I can picture a mob, a crowd. You know what? They, they're in this upper room. And this sound, whatever it was, it was the sound that's described as the sound of the rushing mighty wind. I'm thinking like a, you know, like a freight train. Or, so, or, or how about this? You, 
those of us who have been in Florida for any length of time and we lived through some of these storms, when that, then, when that wind is blowing and you hear your screens and things shaking, then you get your attention. Oh, yeah, I'm the only one. It gets your attention when you see those trees bending over, halfway touching the ground on the other side. That gets your attention. So that, that was an attention getter. There was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And and my brothers and sisters, it wasn't just those 120 that heard it. Because people came out to see what was going on. And when they came out to see what was going on, they heard a bunch of stuff. They heard people that were obviously Galileans speaking their own language. Each of them heard each of them speaking in their own language. The wonderful works of God. Took them back. It would take me back. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying well, uh, to one another, what is all this? What, 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 what could this mean? What is this? What's happening? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, oh yeah, but Peter. Hallelujah. We've been with Peter for a little while. And, and over the past few weeks when we're going through this building of the church and, and Christ upon this rock, you know, Peter has been a good example. You know, when we were following, and Peter was following at his distance, when we're talking about following Christ, and what happened to Peter because he was following at a distance. Now, Peter's been, a, been kind of like our, 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 the guy that we looked at, the guy that's been under the microscope for us, but here's where he shines, amen? But you see what he's saying. But people are listening. I, and, and I know some of you have been with me for a long time. You're going to hear some stuff that, that you've heard before. Just bear with me because there are other people here now and there are more people listening. My brothers and sisters, when I read this text, it very specifically and, and absolutely positively tells me that these people were speaking a heavenly language because each of the people that were there were, were hearing in their own ear. In other words, Eddie's speaking and I'm from... Uh, Egypt and another person is from you know Phrygia and we're each hearing Eddie speak the wonderful works of God in our language simultaneously. It's not that Eddie all of a sudden was able to speak simultaneous language simultaneously. No, Tony, you don't know that. Well, let me ask you this: If you came around and all of a sudden Tony starts speaking Spanish fluently. And Marlene is jumping up and down. Hallelujah! And she starts to... And everybody else, man, Tony, he, since when does he know Spanish? I've known... Michelle, what the heck is going on with my husband? Eh? He barely speaks the English language. Now he's going to speak fluent Spanish? No. No, no, no. I'm speaking the heavenly language. God has given her the ability to hear my heavenly language because she's seeking the truth. God wants her to know the truth, so God is allowing her to hear the heavenly language. But see, now other people are hearing something that sounds like gibberish. And that's why they're saying, they're drunk. If I was speaking Spanish fluently and people are hearing me fluently, why in the world would you accuse me of being drunk? You'd say, that man's a genius. Well, some of you think that anyway, so we just... But that wasn't that funny, I'm just saying. Think about that. So that's when I read this text, it's speaking volumes to me. And some people, you know, when it says, though I speak in tongues of men and angels and have not love, I'm making noise, right? What is a tongue of an angel? Well, some people interpret that, well, I have this angelic flavor to my tone. I, I speak like an angel. No. No. I'm speaking in an unknown tongue known to man. I'm speaking a spiritual language. Now, a lot of people don't believe that, and a lot, that's why a lot of people have problems with Pentecost. Now, I'm not here telling you that I'm a Pentecostal, and I'm speaking in tongues, and I'm prophesying. I'm not saying all that to you. I'm saying the day of Pentecost was not just for the Pentecostals. 
The day of Pentecost was the birth of the church. When the Holy Spirit fell on those believers, when the Holy Spirit fell on that 120, something happened. They got a supernatural power and it caused people to stand back and say, what is going on here? Hallelujah. Not, (laughs) these people are nuts. Some people said that, but the ones who were seeking the truth, they didn't. They heard God. So you have to ask yourself, if those kind of things really bother you, let me, let me preface that. See, I wasn't going to go here. I, I just, Holy Spirit, help me. Listen, I know that it's been abused. I know when you get human beings involved with something and people want to be noticed or they want to feel like you know, they've got something, and some of it's innocent. It's not that they necessarily, they just want to be part of God. They want to be blessed of God so bad and they want to grow with God so bad that they'll, they'll hear something and they'll mimic it or imitate it. Listen, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. All I'm saying is when we do that and it's not of God, we're bringing harm to the kingdom. We're not growing the kingdom. We have to let God, but we have to be willing. Well, you know, if God wanted me to have it, I would have it. God does want you to have it. How do I know that? He poured it out on 120 of them simultaneously and He built the church on it. That's how I know. Not just because I'm smart. Hallelujah. No, we see that, my brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, this, this is, we're celebrating Pentecost. We're not celebrating speaking in tongues. We're not celebrating just on prophesying. We're not celebrating on the spiritual uh, manifestations. We're celebrating Pentecost, the birth of the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and see, it's, it, this, is so, this is awesome. This is awesome. Why? Because God is the one who grew the church. It's God's power evident in His people that grew the church. Jesus is adding to the church daily those who are being saved. Hallelujah. All right. So, so now we... Okay, well, what is all that? I mean, man, it's so we, get so... we get such a great and awesome picture in that just this happening. Why? Because you... Remember what I told you a little while ago. Look around you. There are many people... Now, we're all Americans, I believe, in this, but it doesn't matter. All of us, most of us, have uh, come from different nationalities, like, you know, it's not hard for people to understand. My name is DeSanto. I look like a short Italian guy. I'm a short, my, my ancestry is from Italy. You know, you know, Catherine, I don't know. I'm darker than you. I think I'm really black and she's Italian. I'm not. No, and I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun. But I'm just saying to you, my brothers and sisters, we're all different. We come from different places. We are different genders. We are different ages. We're, so when, when I see this happening and all of a sudden you have all of these people from different countries. They were, they were Jews, but they were Jews of the dispersion. They, they, they were Jews that had been born in other countries. They're still trying to practice Judaism, but they're from other countries now. Just like my country, my, my ancestors were from Italy, but I'm an American now. Right? So, so this is that. So, so you have all of these Jews from other countries. They're trying to practice Judaism, and remember, they have to come back. Right? Remember where we started. That's why I give you that background. They have to come back to Jerusalem for these three feasts. So they're all see. Isn't that great? The way God plans that. In the way, isn't that great? Oh, that was just an accident. Oh, no, that was just the way God planned it. Why? He wants you and me to know all people. 
all nations, all tongues, all genders, all ages, everybody. He died for everybody. And He's building His church with everybody. Not just one, not just two, everybody. Hallelujah. It's multilingual, multinational. Hallelujah. Look at the difference. This is, we're, we're a good body of believers. You know why? Because we're different. That's what makes us good. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. And everybody should feel welcome. Everybody should know when you come in these doors and you get around these people, you're going to be loved. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you smell like, how old you are. It doesn't matter. You're welcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Galatians 3.26 For you are all sons or children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. You see that? He's got it all covered. He's got the races and the nationalities. He's got the gender covered. He also has uh, socioeconomics covered. He has all of that covered. Just in that, But if we see, we saw it. We saw it demonstrated on the day, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We, we saw it. Hallelujah. And then He's just confirmed it through His Word. All. All. All means all. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. So you notice after that, Peter got up. Our Peter. Our dear sweet brother Peter. Peter. You know, he's our, he's our, he's our example he says, these are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Isn't that, what, isn't that what he said? Okay. But I love it. I love it. See, now, this is Peter. I don't have anything to base what I'm going to say to you on except what the Word says. All right? As far as I know, Peter was a blue-collar guy. Peter didn't, he was a good Jewish boy. I'm sure he went to church or synagogue or whatever they did. I'm sure he participated in some of the, but Peter was a blue-collar guy. He didn't study at the feet of Gamaliel. He wasn't in the school of the prophets. He didn't go to the university or the theological or the Bible school. He didn't go to that. He was just a Jewish guy, blue-collar guy. In fact, he was looked upon all the Galileans. And, and, well, aren't these Galileans? How could they know all these languages? Well, see, he was looked at a little bit less. Just a little, just a cut under. Just, you know, just not quite all there. But Peter stood up. And Peter started speaking this. Let me show you in, uh, in uh, verse 14. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it, let it be known to you and heed my words. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen carefully. You better pay attention. This is what he's saying. You better pay attention to what I'm saying. Do I have anybody's attention here this morning? You better pay attention to what I'm saying. For these are not drunk as you suppose since it's only the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. All of a sudden, Peter became a Bible scholar. Holy Spirit, baby. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought back to him all of his Sunday school lessons. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit brought back to him what he was supposed to say. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. By the way, having some good dreams, so it might be... And on my res- I'm, I'm old. I'm officially old. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. Who? Everybody, everybody, what is prophecy? 
Well, that's when you say what the future is going to be. No, not always. Prophecy is just a divine utterance. It's something that God is behind. You're the mouthpiece of God. You're saying something that lines up with this word fully. You're preaching. I'm preaching now. This is prophecy. Or, or God can give you a word of knowledge to somebody, divinely uttered, and then it becomes prophecy. Come on now. Is there anybody listening? Is anybody hearing me? So now what, look at what Peter says. Look at what Peter saying. The prophet Joel prophesied this centuries ago. Centuries ago. And, and, and the, look at the way he's saying it. There's no difference in race or nationality. There's no difference regarding gender. Young men, woman, old men, right? No difference regarding age. Young men, old men. No difference regarding social. My men serve, my men serve. It's not, listen, my brothers and sisters, Jesus, God, knew and prophesied long before this day would come and He told us this day was coming and He made it very clear from then and now. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what country you're from. All, all, if you're baptized in Christ, you're one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for our churches to act that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone is included. Everyone who is baptized in Christ. Have you been baptized? I know I've baptized some of you in here. Have you been baptized? I'm I'm going to park it here just a minute. I know a lot of us have been baptized. I know in, if the Lord allows, at the end we'll have communion. And, and I usually, with my children, uh, when they wanted to receive a communion, we explained to them what it was. I hope as best I could. I hope Rachel understood. But, you know, not until after you're baptized. Because then when you're baptized, you're making this public proclamation, if you will. Not that the water is, is, is washing your sins away. The, the Scripture covers that very clearly. No, I'm in communion with Christ. When I was baptized, the old Tony died and the new one came up determined to live a life in Christ. I've repented. I know that I was going the wrong way and now I'm going to follow Christ. The old Tony's going to die. I can't go that way anymore. And so, that's, so when I do that, I'm, I'm coming in communion. I'm dying to self and joining Christ. I'm coming into Christ. I, I think most of you in this room probably already understand that. But there may be someone listening that doesn't. Or have you been baptized yet? And if not, why not? Why, why haven't you been baptized? Well, I don't need it. I mean, I believe in Christ and I'm going to heaven. Okay, but if he got baptized, he certainly didn't need to be baptized. Right? What did he, John the Baptist said, man, you should be baptizing me. Jesus said, we need to do this, right? To fulfill all righteousness. Isn't that what he said? We need to do this. This needs to be done. And so if, G, if, if Jesus needed to be baptized, what makes me think that I, I don't have to be? Right? It doesn't matter how old or young you are. I baptized somebody in this room who was pretty old when I baptized her. I'm not going to look at anybody. I just, he was pretty old. Almost drowned me when I did it. But, but the fact of the matter is, my brother says, so age doesn't make a difference. Young, old, it doesn't matter. What matters is, what, are we, what does it mean? Again, again I, w- I know I'm repeating myself, but there's some people in here that need to know. And there's some people who listen that need to know. I'm recognizing that, yeah, I believe in Christ. 
I believe that He's forgiven my sins. And now, I want to be so identified with His life, I'm showing you that the old Tony died and he's buried in that water and now that new Tony came up out of the water to live in the newness of life. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So I want to encourage you. If you're among us this morning and you want to be back, please see me or Michelle after the service and we'll arrange it. And if you're listening and you... Listen, anybody can baptize you in water. Jesus baptized with the Holy Ghost. All right? And the Holy Ghost baptizes us in Jesus' blood. He baptizes us in Christ. Okay? So we, you, it could be done. It could be done. So, now look, we also get a peek into the worldwide mission of the church. What, what is the role or what is the purpose of the church? It's to build the church, right? He calls us as individuals to be uh, His church, His temple, His body. We're all parts of His body. And our most important role of His body is to add on to the body. Am I right? Well, somebody needs to say amen because I was going to start another branch down that road. So now we see the worldwide mission of the church. The Holy Spirit descended on individuals, right? Didn't it say that it landed on each one, right? It landed on each of them 120. And they all began to be used by Holy Spirit. They all began to speak the wonderful works of God. And that's got everybody's attention because it was an obviously supernatural thing that occurred and it got everybody's attention. It got them to say, what in the world is going on here? Now, some of you have had that kind of effect on people around you. They saw the changed life in you. Oh, and you didn't get up in front of them and try to speak in tongues or anything, but really what spoke to them more volumes was the fact that your life changed. And they... Some of them may have asked you about it. Some of them may have said something to you about it. But some didn't. Some just saw you and said, Man, what is different about old Steve? Man, oh man. And, and some of them don't like it. But, that, but listen, that's okay. We just live for Christ. And my brothers and sisters, but some of them saw it because there was something supernatural that happened on the inside of you. Something happened, and it wasn't something that just caused you to try and walk in a few commandments from a time or two, because they're looking, they're waiting for you to mess up. So it was something that was so drastically different that even though you're still walking as a human being, there's something, your language, you don't even speak the same slang. You, you don't, and when someone tries to talk trash about somebody, you say, well, you know, let's give them some slack. Let's, you're, you're looking to how, to how to break that off. Come on, come on. You don't hold grudges like you used to hold them and they can't talk to you about that other person that you used to have a grudge about and they're just trying to stir it up. They can't talk to you about that no more. Why? No, 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 I forgave them. What? You what? Come on, is anybody hearing this? Supernatural. That is just as supernatural as you coming out with a tongue or coming out with a word of knowledge. That's supernatural. Tony cannot forgive totally on his own. And I hear so many people, well, you forgive and you forget. I'm a, let, me, let me touch on this for a minute. Because, well, if you didn't forget, that means you didn't forgive. Well, then I'm a sinner dog bound for hell. Because I can't forget and wipe totally from my mind and get amnesia. You know what it means to forget? Because God says He forgets. It means He no longer holds it against you. Let me say it to you this way. Alright? You know, when I was a young Christian and when I was a young man, you know what, even if I said I forgave somebody, if I saw that person, something just stirred up in me. And I just want to walk away and say, later for that, I'm not going to listen. That's a sign that I haven't truly forgiven them. Right? 
Now, if I see that person, I didn't forget what they did, but I no longer feel that way. I get in their presence, it stirs me up on the inside. I get a little, uh, sometimes, you know, the Italian rises up in you, and you want, you give them one of these, we used to do this, like that. We used to call that a Herbie. My uncle used to do that to his kids. Bada bing! <laughs> so now watch. No, I don't, I don't have that stirring in me anymore. Come on, come on. See, that's what forgetting is about. And see, when we get to that, see, it's so important for some of us. Do you know why? Because we think that we've forgiven, and we said that we've forgiven the person, but we still have those emotions, those old emotions stirred us, and it's binding us up. So we can't receive any more of what, and the Lord is waiting to pour something out on you, but you've got to cross this bridge, you've got to, you've got to get over this stumbling, and the Lord is willing to move it for you. But, but here's what happens. Because we're not willing to deal with it, because we're not willing to say, you know, this happened, this person did this to me, I forgive them. No, we want to say, they owe me, or I'm a victim, or the reason why things are going bad in my life, or the reason why I haven't overcome this in my life is because I've experienced that. And listen, and because we have, we, and we, not, we don't even verbalize it, but because we're holding on to it, these are the results of that, man. And I don't know why I stood on that. It's not in the notes, but somebody needed to hear that. Man, we've got to forgive and forget. And forget means we just don't let that thing stir it up like it used to stir it up in us. We've forgiven them so they get in our presence and we can love on them just like Jesus loves on us. That person is not your enemy. Well, you don't know what they did to me, Tony. I know exactly what they did to Jesus. And He said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Hallelujah! That's what I know. Yeah, I'm not saying that I've conquered that totally. I don't, don't, don't. But I'm working with it. And I know He's working with me. Hallelujah! But I've got to be willing to give it to Him. I've got to be willing to first make the confession, Lord... I've tried to to get rid of this on my own. I can't do it. So, Lord, I need your help. I know this isn't, listen, I I know, Lord, that this isn't, this this, this is totally in opposition to your will for me. I need you to help me to get rid of this. And he will help you. He will never leave you, forsake you. And he will help you. He will give you grace in your time of need. Hallelujah. And grace is his power working in you. (laughs) Got to say it again. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. So now on this gathering also, remember now, this, you've got the individuals that are receiving this, and at this same time now you have a body, a body of believers being identified as one. They all got the same gift. And they're all hearing, listen, they're all speaking the wonderful, as you thought I was going to say in tongues, didn't you? No, there was, they were all speaking the wonderful works of God. All of them. So now they're all identified as one people. This supernatural thing is happening to 120 people simultaneously. So now, yes, individually, they received it. Yes, individually, do you receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do. You receive the spirit of adoption, whereby now you can cry, Abba, Father. God is your Father. You've received a peace. But the Lord tells me that I need to keep on being filled with His Holy Spirit. Amen? So now we're, they, they all receive that peace and they all receive this supernatural thing and it's happening. So individually, yeah, but then corporately, bodily. Now you have this group of people that are being identified as one. Happy birthday to the church. Hallelujah. Happy birthday to the church. New, new believers in Jesus, then after this, what happened? They, they started being baptized. What, what should we do? Remember, um, let me just jump down to it, please. Now, when they heard this, 
Verse 37 of Acts 2. They were cut to the heart. These were the people who were hearing the wonderful gifts of God. They weren't part of the 120. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what should we do? And Peter, he stood up and he said, Repent! Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. Is there anyone who God has called in this room? I'm not talking about being called to be a preacher. You're called if you're a born-again Christian. You didn't just one day decide that you were going to be a born-again Christian. Hey, I think I'll follow this Jesus. No, Jesus was knocking on the door of your heart, and you, had to, you, you answered the call. You answered the call. You saw the love of Christ poured out on that cross and you said, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Him. And that's how it happened. And so now, my brothers and sisters, what this promise is, the promise is the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And He said it's to anybody, not to just those who were in that, hundred, that 120 number, not just those who were in the first century church. He says to all those who are far off, to you, your children, and your children's children, to all those who are far off. Again, you guys have been with me for a long time. You know that when, I, when He says to those who are far off, He's not talking geographically. He's speaking chronologically. Those who are far off in time, because here I stand before you 2,000 years later, and I tell you the same Holy Spirit that they received back then is the same Holy Spirit that I received a while ago myself. Hallelujah! To you, your children, your children's children, to all those who are far off. Hallelujah! That's to you, to me, to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, if the Lord allows it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! But man, look, look in 1 Corinthians... I want to read this to you and then I want to go into something else just quick. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just listen to me. I'm going to be reading out of the, uh, uh, a newer version. It's the English Standard Version. For just as the body is one and has many members, all of the members of the body, and all are the members of the body, uh, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. See, the church was being identified as one. one, And then we see, because we're looking back, it's one body. We're his body. He's the head. And each of us are members of his body. This is a great thing. See, we're going through a lot of stuff right now. Not just in this country, but certainly in this country. But worldwide. When we have terrible tragedies happening, we are being, the the enemy of our soul is trying to divide us. Divide us as Americans, but, but I, and I care about our country and I care about Americans, but I'm a pastor. I'm an under shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ, and my responsibility is his church. So I'm more concerned with how the church is being divided. Now, I, I will tell you right now, there are probably people that have been part of this body that will never return. But there are some people who will come and see you without masks and get offended. And, and I'm not criticizing them. Don't, don't get me wrong. That's up to them. You, you do what you, what you feel the Lord is leading you to do. You do what you think is the, the best thing as it relates to safety for you and your family. You've got to do it. Okay? But here's what I'm saying to you. When we have people that, again, and you've heard this over the last several weeks, then you have people who are in the church criticizing the church for meeting my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you that the enemy of our soul is doing a good job dividing even people in the church. 
I was so happy this morning and I, and I could barely contain the emotion. Uh, I got a, a text from one of my brothers last night. I got a text from one of my brothers this morning. I sent a text off to one of my brothers and, and I, you know, I'll share it with my family later. But it was just so uplifting and, and so brings a tear. And even right now, I get a little bit choked up when I think about how happy they are, how their congregations, they're coming together as a family. You know, have you ever gone to a family reunion and, or have you ever just been apart from somebody for, that's in your family for a long time? Man, I, when I, I used to hate to go on the business trips. I used to hate to go to conventions. And then you come back. Man, I can't wait. To, I, don't like, I don't like being apart from my family. Uh, when I come back, it's, oh, my heart, I'm happy now, I'm settled, I could sleep. I, you know, are you with me? Come on, you, you know that? So I can imagine what's going on in those churches. I mean, we only missed one Sunday, and then that following Sunday, I, man, it was awesome. I hadn't seen Tori Beth in a while. When she came back, that was awesome. I mean, it brings a smile to your face. You're seeing, man, oh, this is, this is awesome stuff. Then my, my family in the back, I mean, my dad and mom pretty much. I mean, we start coming back together. And then y'all, I mean, we start coming back together. It's like, man, I, we haven't seen each other and it hasn't even been that long, really. But now you come back. So can you imagine why? Because we're one. We're one body. And we, we can't let the enemy of our soul divide us as Americans or as humans. No, it's a very, I got to address this. Because, listen, it's a very horrific thing that happened in Minnesota. Horrific. No question in my mind. But my brothers and sisters, look, I am not going to be the one that stands here and says, you know, this should happen, that should happen, the other thing should happen. You know what? It was horrible. I don't think it should have ever happened. But it did. So, so what am I going to do? Am I going to say that every police officer is a dirty no good? I can't do that. Listen, have you been... Uh, have you, been, have you been told because of your race that you fit into this category? You know, now, now, now I want to say something, all right? Because if you came here and you thought it was just going to be all sunshine and lollipops, let's address the issues, okay? I just had a, 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 a black man, an African-American man, said, oh, yeah. You know what? I can only imagine because I haven't been through that. And just the little bit of stuff that I've received as a short Italian guy. Everybody thinking, well, your family's involved with the mafia. You come from New Jersey. You know, you got Italian. No, I'm serious. No. I, I, I've, I've had people talk about it. I've had people come near me and, and, and rumors flying. I think Eddie, when I went back to one of the places to manage, you know, the rumor around that place was that, you know, his fa- he's connected. What? Well, if that makes you walk a little bit more softly around me, then... Go ahead. I got a guy. You know what? I can make a joke about that, but we have those kind of things costing people their lives. And there is no way that anyone is going to tell me that every, you know, that, that all young black men are criminals. They're not going to tell me that. You know why? I know you. I know you. We're one body, we're one family. They can't tell me that. They ain't going to talk about my brother, my sister. not going to talk about you like that. But I'm also not going to say that every police officer, dirty, rat, and no good. I know some really good police officers. But see, this is what happens. This is what, then you get on the fake book and you get on the twiddly-dee and the twiddly-dumb and you see all of this garbage. All of it. And all it's doing is confusing our young people. All it's doing is trying to steer us and keep us apart. 
Why? Because when we're together, they cannot conquer us. Right? Yay. One could put a thousand a flight, two ten thousand. Our power increases exponentially when we come together as His body, as His yeah. people. There is no way. See, you're, I may be the foot, but some of you in here are the hand. But I like to think I'm more like, you know, the neck. No, I'm just kidding. But, but you understand, I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep it light, but my brothers and sisters, do you understand what we're, do- what, what, what we're dealing with right now? Man, the, the pandemic, they tried to use that to keep us apart, keep us separated, steer and, and you know, divide and, and, and just, you know, uh, that's what politics are. Politics is, there are sides. So, so here's the other thing. I'm not going to stand here either and say to you that all politicians are liars. I'll say almost all. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not going to stand here and say all politicians are liars because they're not. I'm not going to stand here and tell you anything about anybody because I don't know that body. So I can't make... And I'm certainly not going to let somebody else tell me about you or tell me about them and just believe it. That must be true. Yeah, yeah, it was on the internet. must be true. Yeah, and I'm a French model. Bonjour. See, I, my brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant. I, I, I want to keep it kind of, I want to keep the tone right here. But this is a serious problem. We should be offended that we have to spend a lot of money on older people as they get up in the years for their, man, they've worked hard all their lives. They've worked, they've earned it. We should, you know, well, you know, the young people, they're not really worth it. So, you know, when, when a baby is, before a baby's actually breathing air, it's not really a baby. And, you know, when you do it because, you know, population control and all this other stuff. No, my brother, no, no. God says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I knew you. My brothers and sisters, we can't let this happen. We can't divide this stuff. And here's the other thing. So if, if oh, I want to speak to this, please help me, Lord Jesus. I don't know why, but I'm just going to say this. There are maybe some women or some females who are listening to me, and maybe you've had an abortion. And you're thinking, man, I, I stink. God, how can God... Listen, God forgives. God forgives. If you truly are sorry and you say to him, I'm sorry, and then God forgives. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. And when God, listen, God is not stupid. God is not some feeble old man that can't keep track of things. He knows the end, the beginning, and everything in between. So it's not like he just wiped that. No. You know what God says? It's what the results of that. Everything that's gone, it's done, it's been wiped away. It's not held against you, not even a little bit. I love you so much. It's not even going to affect how I feel about you, what you're able to do with me, in me. In fact, I need you. I need you to be part of my body. There are some women that need to hear your testimony. There are some women that need to hear somebody who can be sympathetic with them. There are some women that need to hear from you because they need a hand up. They don't need to be kicked out. Hallelujah. Come on, man. See, uh, my brothers and sisters, we, we don't need to be split apart. They're trying. They're trying. But we don't need to be split apart. We need to come together because, like I said, I'm the foot. I need a hand. You know, I might get you where you need to go, but I need somebody to pick something up when we get there. <laughs> come on. Are you with me? We're one. 
And it doesn't matter. We all have a past. We all have done things we're not proud of. In fact, we've done things we're ashamed of. We know what to do. God tells us very specifically, and it carries throughout. In Micah 6.8, he says, you know what it is to do? Walk in righteousness. Be just. Walk righteous. Love mercy. Love mercy. Be, have loving kindness. Right? And walk humbly with your God. Walk in submission to your God. And in being in submission to God, when you're walking humbly to God, it's played out in your humility toward other people. That's how that's done. Isn't it so? Amen. We're one. One body. One body. My brothers and sisters, happy birthday to the church. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to the body of Christ. In the weeks ahead, if the Lord allows, we'll speak maybe to more about the Holy Spirit, supernatural things, whatever. Whatever the Lord allows. But today, I wanted to go ahead and have communion because what that does with us. Because remember, that church... That early church, that first church, that original 120, after Peter preached that message, there were thousands added to the church. Thousands. And then it said that they all came together. They went from house to house breaking bread. They continued to identify with each other. They had things in common. They took care of each other. They looked out for each other. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Amen. He's going to do that how? Through his body. You and me. Together. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father God, I pray that in the days ahead that, Father, your message will continue to resonate in our spirits. Keep us stirred up, Lord. So that when every social platform, every radio broadcast, all of the news services are trying to get us to see the differences in each other, trying to get us to hate one another. Lord, we remember. Lord, help us to remember that people are not our enemy. Regardless of how they feel about us, people are not our enemy. It is the prince and the power of the air. Help us to remember that, Lord. Help us. Thank you for your word, Lord, and thank you for your message. Holy Spirit, I'm praying that you would give us a fresh touch, that we would begin to walk in the knowledge that you've given us so that you could give us a fresh outpouring. Lord, I'm praying for revival. I want you to revive us, Lord. I want to look like the first century church. And I know what they looked like in action and activity. And Lord, we're getting the message. We need to love one another. We need to care for one another. We need to stop building our own and build yours. So help us, Lord. Lead, guide, and direct us, Holy Spirit, in the days ahead that we may be able to put in practical usage all of these things that you've taught us so that you can further anoint us so that we may be moved in the supernatural. Fresh, fresh anointing, Lord. Fresh touch. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So folks, uh, those of you who may be listening live right now, I'm going to be passing out the elements. They'll play some soft music or something. But as we're doing this, I want to encourage everyone.
And I'm only doing this, folks, for you, not for me. Um, I'm only, but listen, um, as, we're t- as we're passing out the elements, I want you to each go in prayer. And just, if the Lord has ministered to you, Holy Spirit has ministered to you, it might be time for you to place those things that you know are still between you if you haven't ought with somebody. If there's something that's between you and God right now, it's time to go ahead and confess it before Him. This is your opportunity. Oh, my brothers and sisters, it's not because, oh, you're a stinking, dirty, rotten scoundrel. No, because we all have sinned. We all make mistakes. We all have done things. But it's because we take this moment so seriously and we understand what this symbolizes that we go ahead and say, God, if there's anything impure in me, reveal it to me that I may confess it to you because I desire to be pure before you. Amen. Amen. And so I'll let the parents of the children that are here decide whether they get served the elements. It'll be up to you. Amen.
Amen. Great God, our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this moment. Father, a moment before the foundation of the earth, you knew this moment would be here. Holy Spirit, fill us as we take full acknowledgement of what you've done for us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, anoint this place. Anoint everyone here. Fall on us, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you for forgiveness. Brothers and sisters, as we've taken this together many times before, but what I'd like to say this day is, one body, as we lift the bread, we know on that night what he did, but one body as we lift the bread. We are one body, identified with him. His body was broken, that we may be one with him. Isn't that amazing? Our Lord, our God, we give you thanks and praise as we identify with you and with each other. Father, because of what's happening right here, right now, We ask that you would bind us, one body, many parts, but one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take and eat. And also, my brothers and my sisters, we know that When Jesus did this on that night, what it signified, it signified that his blood was able to take care of all of the sin that we would commit forever. And that that blood sealed the covenant, that promise that we would all be part of his body. He sealed that covenant with his own blood. So, Lord, we give you thanks and praise again that through Christ, the covenant, Father, that you have given us through Christ, that body that was broken, the blood that was spilled, that we may be able to be part of your body. That blood that was spilled to seal this new covenant with all of the promises that you've given us, Lord. Thank you. And thank you, Lord God, the first promise we, your people, your church, your temple, the first promise we receive is the spirit of truth, your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our guide, our companion. We ask your blessing as we take this in remembrance and we take this, Lord, that you would keep us stirred up in the days ahead that we would be united as one doing your work. God is so good. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm going to pray here in a second, and I'm going to allow you to be dismissed if you want to, but I'm also going to ask that Mary and Tony cue up a song. I, don't, I, want, to, I want to sing. I want to sing at least one song. So praise team, if you want to get up there, I don't know what they're going to put up there. <laughs>
Um, let me do this. Folks, should we sing one of the songs that we've already sang? Rain? Rain? All right. Can you guys cue that up? Rain? Rain? So those who, who are going to tune out in a moment, and those of you who may have to leave, you have to be somewhere, God bless you. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. In the days and the weeks ahead, I hope we can continue to gather together as one family. We can continue to gather together and edify each other, build up each other as he's building us together, his body, one. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless these people. Father, I pray that you would allow us to be your church. We can only do that, Holy Spirit, with you working through us. It's in your great name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Those of you who have to go, go in peace. And those of you who want to, please stay and sing with us.